Hello everyone, this is another episode of the D-Trout Spinners podcast with Miles and Gary. Didn't want me to count you in. Okay, let's do it. Three, three, two, one. Hello everyone, this is the D-Trout podcast with Miles and Gary. Alright, how you doing, listeners? Miles getting a bit annoyed. I'm not. (laughs) I'm alright. I'm good today. I tell you what did annoy me, though. And I went to the pub, Gary. I wasn't yeah. that bothered about it, but I, I did have a bit of FOMO and I was thinking... Wasn't that bothered? Oh. He has been talking about the pub and re-going to the pub for months and months, <laughs> off, off air as well as on air. Well, I found, like, the only one that I could, and it was quite a posh place. Like, all the staff had suits, and I think this is why it was free. The only place we could get a table. And there was the sta- Savoy? <laughs> it wasn't the Savoy. It might as well have been, compared to me, who turned up in a fucking hoodie. And uh, people that and they're going yes taking reservations i was like hello one uh, one i wasn't for one i was with friends. <laughs> that that's sorry that remind, <laughs> i just had to like um it's where where homer's going around to all the bars and he can't, oh, really? can't get into them and it's, it's fear of flying and uh, then he goes to a really posh one and he goes um and before he says anything the, the way he goes, hello sir could you please leave without making a fuss right now i just imagine that scene it might as well have been i tell you Anyway, my friend arrived. It was quite a posh place. And um, guess how much I paid for a pint of Beaver Town neck oil? Oh, well, you know, I know Beaver Town neck oil. Back of my hand. I thought you'd like the name because it's got beaver in. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, We're not that juvenile, are we? It's not in the juvenile, but anyway. But no, I don't know how much you paid for a pint. I don't know how much a pint is. pounds 40. But yeah, that is like the fence. Literally depressed. I was I was like Steve Merchant. I was so depressed. My I friend like said <laughs> I do like my money tucked up in accounts. And uh so imagine fifteen pounds on average. They also added a f- service charge one pound forty per two drink. So it came, around came to about fourteen, sixteen, fifteen, sixteen quid. And yeah, they put 10%, but 10% per round. That, what kind of service is that? And also, you know, normally when you get a card payment, it's like, do you want to add a discrepancy? What's the word? Discrepancy? Yeah, discretion. Discretion, discretion sorry, discretion trust. But it's already been added on. And you don't want to be that skinflint to go, sorry, sir, could you just remove the pound fifty to make it slightly less than it was before? But yeah, even yeah. I'm willing to pay because I'm so desperate to be here right now. I have to say it wasn't it wasn't the, the dream I thought it would be. That's so my advice to anyone going to the pub is either go to a really cheap pub for a long time. Yeah, like we do. Make sure it's, and make sure it's really fucking hot because I was a bit cold and I felt a bit chesty after. Yeah, this is the this is the key question. Did you smoke? Did you smoke cigarettes? <laughs> did she smoke? She doesn't smoke cigarettes. She doesn't. Smoke Mars doesn't smoke. Cigarettes. Did you smoke cigarettes? Do you know what? I didn't. I didn't that day. Well done. No. How have you been? Oh, thanks for asking. Early on. Uh, yeah, no, I've been all right, mate. Not too bad. Just um, got got a few irons in the fire, you know, that we've been talking about. Not in terms of my life in general or my no, my career. Good. Studies the same. Um, yeah, I've just been I've been all right, mate. I've been a bit been a bit nasally. Been a bit. So if I do sound a bit, uh, I've got very sinuses are blocked up today. So um, what is? I've never heard that. I get a bit of, like fluid leaks out. We were discussing nice. who's going to die first, listeners, uh, before this call, and uh, my bets on Gary. <laughs> yeah, I think, but no, both of our bets are on Gary. Yeah, that's it. But um, yes, what have we got coming up, Miles, today? Ooh, we have got so much coming up, Gary Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> 
This week we discuss episode 45, 5th of July 2003. Steve's great New Year's party in Bristol. It's just that we arranged to meet back at you. Thus monkey news, chimps joining the army and doing the obstacle course. Educating Ricky, Rockbusters, Auntie Nora and that. All your favourites. I'll put a link to the description of the original show. Yeah, and um, we've also, also we have usual things like our favourite quotes coming up. Uh, X from the community. We've got quite a big, a uh, lot of uh, X from the community this week for you. We'll be choosing two songs. I've just remembered that. I'll have to think oh, of something. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and a, just a general kind of discussion about the show. So, Miles, do you want to start that general discussion off by giving... Oh, yeah, no, sorry, you've just given it. Yeah, you've just given yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I wasn't listening, mate. <laughs> I Busy. wasn't listening. Busy. What did you think of this particular show? I have very mixed and complex feelings about this show. It's, and about the show? <laughs> yeah, just in general. I think the standout parts of it, and we say every every show, even the ones we're not too much fans of, they have at least six laughs, which is Mark Kermode's sort of tail end yes. of what's good. Uh, this has lots of them. I've got loads of favourite quotes I'm going to have to cut down. So absolutely, yeah, there's a lot in this show that I like, but it has a quite a, an interesting and disappointing narrative. It starts off the atmosphere, I think, quite friendly. Like there are antagonists. Do you really? Yes, I do. I think it starts off a friendly atmosphere. Like it's friendly. All the all the band is is kind of jokes. And yes, Steve is quite harsh about Carl's Rockbusters, but in general, it's kind of it starts off nice. It really descends. (laughs) And I I think I've got uh, I know part of the reason why I've got I've got theories on why, which we'll come to. But it descends into something really quite nasty, and it's not like it's some of the worst aspects of Ricky. Some uh, we often see in now uh actually come from this show and what i had never done before i just know i don't know why i'd never maybe i hadn't listened to them consecutively or in order but i hadn't realized just how much the kind of the the descending nature of this show of the atmosphere leads directly into how we start next week yeah i hadn't realized (laughs) this show was like it does feel it feels like you know a tee off doesn't it at the golfing range it feels like we've put the ball down we're getting ready to really hit that ball next week where it all there's fireworks next week. Something that I think triggers kind of this show descending into something quite nasty is something that Carl does. We might as well come to this point now. It's kind of in the middle, but we, we'll talk about the whole show. Carl quite assertively chooses a song order uh, above <laughs> Ricky. Right. And sometimes Ricky, that's happened before. And Ricky kind of like laughs it off with a joke. But Ricky doesn't get the opportunity to make something funny about it this this time. You notice after that point of the show, Ricky starts to become quite obnoxious. Like, I do know and, what and, you mean, because there are a couple of there are a couple of points where Ricky with Ricky in that I really uh, which really have wind me up, actually. I don't want to get onto them yet, but let's discuss the positive aspects, what we like about the show first. So I like the. I think it does start off well with the poll, the sick, <laughs> sick day yeah, poll, yeah, which just seems to be a constant throughout their relationship. Like we've talked before about their relationship with work and sick days and mancunians. I yeah, find yeah. it quite funny, Carl's prejudices against Liverpudlians as well. Yeah, and Steve's, if you know. Yeah. Steve's kind of a in that. Paper. It's always Liverpudlians, isn't it? 
And yes, uh, I just like his quote when he says about sex, like, you're either in with a chance or you're not. I don't think <laughs> ups it. And in my limited experience of having sexual congress, that does seem to be the sexual congress. It sounds like a, the gathering in America of the, it the does, sexual media. But now it's, um, it's true, isn't it? Because you go, not everyone's in the mood. So I know you're tired, love, but come on. <laughs> no, that's a good thing. And I love, uh, basically, um, another part of the show that I love is um, any, Steve is the best at telling Anna anecdotes that are true from his past yeah. or childhood like steve's anecdotes are the best. i know carl's are the most weird and wonderful and need to most find but there's there's often some embellishment there and even when there isn't it's so it's so weird it's almost like it's too weird but it's i love Carl's stories don't get me wrong but steve is the best at telling an anecdote from him and he just the way he tells the balloon story is one yeah. of my favorites that's one of my favorite parts of the whole it's also Show quite surreal as well, isn't it, that story? Because just imagine this crazy tall person with a red balloon. I don't know why it's a red balloon. I'm thinking it, the clown. I don't know why I'm thinking that. Yeah. And just standing there with a balloon. Just what an odd... But you can so imagine that happening because in a crowd of people, you'd see him anyway, but then he's got a balloon as well. Like, you see him from anywhere in the crowd, but with the balloon, you know, <laughs> you'd certainly see him. So uh, to to meet back at you yeah meet back at you i can that's a really clever thing that that group of people did because to say meet to meet back at the the entrance or something is mm-hmm. like that's you know uh, it's difficult to get to the entrance but steve you can see him it's true you, you go about your business like, I, I love that story i do like the there's a lot of focus on this episode about travel and traveling around the world getting carl's opinions on thoughts but before we get to that i it does wind me up ricky's comments about london carl's talking about how sick he is of living in london fair point yeah. i live in london and loads of people um who are sort of struggling in the industry in creative industries i think or you know you move here to make a difference in your life usually a career one um but with aspirations of leading a better you know you know career make a career right and that's it's what carl's just, done and yeah. and it's a fair point and, and ricky says so exactly so you've chosen to be somewhere that's better for you and, and carl's like well, it's not better for me. I'm getting ill. It's like, well, you Rick, say that. You know, I think there's, is there a survey that can prove yeah. that? Yeah. But Ricky, what you're saying, his point doesn't make sense because you can still live somewhere that you don't want to be. And it'd be bad for you. Yeah. But yeah. I kind of, I don't, uh, of all the things Ricky does this show, that's like one of the least bad things. I think it's just kind of, he's, he's making a good point. Like, you know, Carl could leave, but uh, he's just doing it, isn't yeah, but he? He, says, very but he, says, I could, he says, I could leave. To what? Well, exactly. So he chose to be so. But, of course, yeah, Carl can leave, but he won't have the job. And you need the job to be in London. Jobs and, in London, and, so I have to what, be here. Yeah, but that's what Ricky's point is, that it's a better place because of that. You know, it's, it's, it's still arguable. It's arguable, but anyway, we won't get stuck on that point. But yeah, it's it's a, it's 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 kind of the beginning of the uh, real antagonism in this show. But again, like, antagonism during the Ricky Gervais show is, can be great. can be so <laughs> funny, but it's just this show, it goes too far. I mean, there's some great Carl versus Steve moments in this one, isn't there? There, there are there are some good ones like and, the uh, uh, finishing work about four o'clock i suppose that's why i don't get tired or anything it's it's rare I love um, that. it's a rare example where carl's not using steve's appearance he's kind of saying about his like it doesn't it's, it doesn't descend <laughs> into that okay i love the um the cigarette advert stuff i just i've always loved Do that, you like that yeah i really like that i really like that that's like there's some bits I, i'm not a fan of that i think you are like 
like for example, Everest story is oh, not not interesting to me. I don't no. like it, but it's, it's it's not that funny because it's too stupid. And you've got to Everest. Of course, he doesn't believe that. Anyway, the cigarette story. Yeah, she doesn't smoke cigarettes. Is one of my favourite. Like she does. Like that. I can just so imagine that they're very good, Ricky and Steve, at ad hoc kind of because they weren't probably planning to talk about that, but to kind of dissect and take apart you know a tv executive that's well-meaning but that doesn't know anything about the youth the youth yeah and um sort of dissect their motives and things so do you remember the charlie says adverts no because they weren't on when i was a kid they they finished by that point i do remember right there was two programs that i remember that were kind of public service announcements there was one that was about a firefly and he went through a forest or somewhere and because he's got like his ass is on fire he sets he said no he plays with a match and the match sets a light oh god this is all from memory i can't remember and something burns down but it's like a public service uh, announcement about arson um service and all this stuff and the other one not a public service but really made me shit myself was crime watch you know and i was even even just thinking about that theme tune literally it terrifies especially because of what happened to jill dander so i don't want to get down that road but because she actually became she was and then they did that on they did her a murder oh, really? center of crime, crime she was murdered and then they did her murder on the next crime which was very difficult for all of them to do but yeah it was a it was uh it was not the most pleasant show not supposed to be but no i don't remember charlie's oh, but i think do that says. it does but the the story follow-up to that which is carl talking about putting a kid in a wardrobe yeah and, just, and, and not telling the mother where he is until the mother screams just a little bit not which i thought was lovely <laughs> oh teller once the screaming starts but it yeah. really reminded me of a story which i did um with me and my cousin i think i was about 10 and my cousin was about six and uh i took him into town my grandma said uh, i was allowed to go to town to take him to the cinema or just go around the shops or whatever and i took him around and it was all fine she said take take my mobile phone though and i was like okay cool and on the way back, I said, right, we're going to play a little trick on grandma. I said, you you hide behind that car and I'm going to go to grandma's door and I'm going to say that um, you're lost. And it'll be really, really funny. And that's <laughs> and terrible. And I'll say, can you pretend just call me on this phone? <laughs> and I said, just call me because then I can just hand it to grandma. It'll be really funny. I get, <laughs> I get to the door and I go, grandma, quiet. I'm Joseph's missing. Where's he gone? Where's he gone? And she's like, what? Where, where is he? Where is he? Yeah. And then my phone goes and it goes. And I was like, I told her to pretend to cry. It'd be really funny. So like, carried it on. I'm, I was like, I'm outside the Odeon or we're somewhere miles away. I was like, you got to help me. And my grandma genuinely. Was I can't believe you did that. Was honestly, she must have been about did that. 75 or something then, closer to 80. I did feel like the worst person ever. You're <laughs> <that's> terrible. <laughs> he turned up around the car and I was like, I was like, oh mate. She still, she still doesn't let me forget. Is that, that. what you said to her? Oh mate, oh mate. <laughs> Bad, isn't it? We do things with him, like I'm rolling him up in a duvet and then just like put him at the edge of the bed, so it's like this little caterpillar at the edge of a bed. This wasn't a kitten. Well, you wouldn't even do it with a kitten, this sort of thing. Maybe maybe I am a psychopath. Well, actually... Find that later. Stay, stay tuned, <laughs> because I'm going to give Mars a genuine bona fide psychopath test. There's about seven or eight questions. 
and uh, we'll get to that soon actually can i just say i'm not proud of that moment and um something i do feel shameful about he doesn't just looking at his face i don't think that's true i don't think he's being <laughs> honest there seeing his face yeah but so that's kind of the and there's there are a lot a lot of funny quotes in this episode it's not it's not a good one for it it descends too nastily and actually the psychopath bit that we're talking about now we might as well come on to i actually skipped that bit i haven't listened to that for years and years i skip it because it's so close to the end of the show i often will just go on to the next show like i don't even listen to the end bit but obviously for this i did and i've obviously heard it before but it's just from i just i can't why why do you hate that bit so much let's get on to it there's a a genuine kind of uh nastiness that isn't linked to comedy or anything or or and basically ricky is someone that he takes the piss out of himself a lot he's very self-deprecating but never with knowledge and this is something it's a psychological test so it's in the realm of sort of philosophy where he sees himself even at that early stage certainly now as a as a world leading expert and carl gives him the test and ricky hasn't heard of the test ricky doesn't know it instead of just answering and saying well i don't know what the answer is carl he can't he has to put down the test yeah they've put down carl because he's like Oh, this must be stupid. It must be stupid because I haven't heard of it. If Ricky knew that about that test, Ricky would have used that anecdote himself, done that test. But he just didn't know about it. And actually, I've looked into it before. And that is a gen- there's lots of ways you can tell someone's a psychopath or, or lots of diagnostic ways. We're going to come on to one. But that is a genuine question that is used as part yeah. of the psychopathic test or has been in the past. And because Ricky hadn't heard of it, he couldn't he couldn't admit he hadn't like Carl has heard of more something psychological that Ricky hadn't heard of. He could couldn't handle that and he acted like a like a spoiled child and actually it's, there's another point in the show where Carl just says stop shouting and Ricky's just shouting and shouting yeah that's before that that's before that so by that point by the point of the psychological test Ricky it's already on bad terms the show's on bad terms this show yeah and and the psychological test just pushes it over the edge and I don't listen to it I just I just don't like listening to it I don't know if you're if you're listening let let us know do you listen to that bit? What do you think? I'll be, I'll be interested to know what other people think of it. I don't listen to it either for, the, for exactly the same reasons. I'm glad you, you said that. And also there's that line because it's like one of those short little shishy things that you read. Why did it? And he does that line and just yeah. his voice changes into something really nasty. And he's scared. It, he's a scared man because he, he genuinely fears looking like there's something that carl knows that isn't about weird horse in a house or, or weird people <laughs> with weird heads so something that carl actually knows that is a psychological thing it, within the realms of what ricky wants to be an expert in that ricky doesn't ricky didn't know and he didn't know the answer he's genuinely scared i think he's he's sort of fearful and it really comes across in his in his his horribleness kind of i don't like it but do you want to do this yeah let's do the test psychopath basically this quiz is designed to help give you some idea about whether or not you may be a psychopath or a sociopath or have psychopathic tendencies so answer these as honestly as you can right so honestly it's not my best uh not my best strong suit i i know i know mate that's why i'm (laughs) making sure you do on this occasion so the always the options always the same these options not me this describes me somewhat this is definitely not me okay now don't just pick the answers <laughs> you think will make sure you're definitely not a psychopath because you're because you're so desperate to be loved which we know you are <laughs> okay but no just be, be honest okay most, go, 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 go. most would describe me as charming and nonchalant 
I can turn my charm on and off like a faucet. I think I can be charming, but I, I'm, I don't think people would say that about me. Do you think you can be nonchalant? It means kind of relaxed and less a, like a daisical, doesn't it? Uh, sort of, yeah. So you don't think this describes me somewhat then? I you say, say most would describe me like so you'll how would I be describe you as you say so you don't think people would describe me as charming and nonchalant no you bloody would if this wasn't a psychological test you bloody that. would but you just uh, you I don't think that, that at all okay fair I know enough. you okay, wouldn't so, say that my mum wouldn't say that I know okay right so this one be honest here. I do what I want when I want the moment the impulse strikes me regardless of what others want yeah this is me this describes me somewhat that's okay so it's not um definitely me if something goes wrong or turns out badly it's not my fault i'd say this is not me not not me or definitely not me but not me not me yeah okay um okay i've gotten into legal or criminal trouble as an adult not just a speeding or parking ticket well i don't drive uh i haven't no but forget that they're saying not not i know i know what they're saying no, I haven't had any. So that's, that's definitely not you, is it? Definitely not. Let's go for definitely not. I am easily the best at what I do, bar none. <laughs> Nobody could ever take my place. But uh, no, definitely not me. Definitely not? Oh, come on. I don't I think, think I'm you good. Do. Look, I, I, okay. I don't um, think I'm good at anything, so. I, okay. I do whatever I feel like doing and don't care what others think, or even if it's illegal. This is me somewhat. Yes. Um, <laughs> You're going to say that. So if you ever go to watch a movie with Miles, just be, you know, and he goes to the toilet, shuffles we'll to the toilet, that. he might not come back. Okay, just a few more. Every person for themselves. I don't see the point in feeling sorry for other people and have no desire to help others. Not me. Just not you, or definitely not you. Definitely not me. I've gotten into legal or criminal trouble when I was a teenager. Why is all this trouble about legal stuff? I don't know. No, did you get into? You did get into legal because we, yeah, we had it on the show. Can... You, that, you have out. got into legal trouble. You can find a little bit about legal trouble on our Patreon shows if you become. Oh a yeah. Yeah. No, but but that wasn't that was just let off. No, I think you could, but not me for that. But maybe not definitely not me because you you did have that little transgression. All right. I've got a permanent record though, so. No, you can put definitely. Okay, not me. Okay. Two, as well. two more to go. I have no problem or concern in lying in order to get what I want. I have lied on my CV a few times, and probably a few, but somewhat me. Performed at live at the Apollo. What have you put? Oh, there's a lie on your CV. The, the little white lies about pretending to know computer programs. Oh, okay, I think everyone enough. does that. Okay, fair enough. There's actually three more. Live in the moment is what I say. The future will take care of itself, and learning from your past is pointless. Somewhat me. Do I like... never feel remorse, shame, or guilt about something i've said or done not not me i don't see the point in taking on responsibilities of any kind they just weigh you down sounds like carl (laughs) oh i don't like too much responsibility and i'm quite commitment phobic yeah that's okay what are the options again (laughs) just not me this is definitely not me or this describes me somewhat this describes me somewhat right that's it so get get results and hopefully don't have to pay Do do you want to know Right, yeah, so the headline on, is No Psychopathy. Great. Free to live another day. Your total score is 11 out of 24. You answer the quiz consistent with people who would not generally be considered a psychopath by research methods currently used to quickly screen for psych- psychopathy in the population. Congratulations on not being a psychopath today. But I will tell you, um, 
to to be a no psychopath, you need naught to twelve psychopath tendencies from thirteen seventeen eighteen plus um, psychopathy lightly. So you had eleven, so you were quite close. But no, well done, mate. Because quite a lot of them were lies, but that's okay. (laughs) Which in itself is one of the questions. Yeah, but that's a genuine. But Carl's Carl's right. You know, Carl. That is a genuine question. And actually, Carl must have read that, right? Imagine Carl, little, little Carl, he read that and he must have thought, oh, that'll be entertaining. I'll tell that to Steve Rippey yeah. on the show. like, And they'll have a good reaction. They oh, they, they shut him down. And it's it, actually, this is one of the occasions I've noticed this, is that Steve and Carl are quite antagonistic on this show. But this is one of the occasions I didn't find that Steve joined in with Ricky when he was being really obnoxious. Like, Steve doesn't... In what, like, in what bit? In, in the whole bit and all of the bits, like all of the bits where Ricky's being obnoxious, Steve doesn't join in. He does laugh at when something Ricky says in response to the psychopath test, but he doesn't kind of join it. Sometimes Steve can be like the little bully that's standing behind the bigger bully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, and the bigger bully who says something, yeah, 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 you know, shaking his fist. Sometimes Steve's like that. But actually, I think Steve realised how obnoxious Ricky was being and he didn't kind of join in he don't get me wrong there is antagonism between Steve and Carl but it's like their own little thing they've got going and it's never it's never that nasty it's just about rockbusters but Steve doesn't kind of sort of join in with Ricky when he's being a dick I think Steve's criticism comes from I think he would actually genuinely quite like the the Ricky Gervais show to be a bit more professional and slick than yeah, it is himself. Absolutely. I think Ricky likes the fact that it's really shoddy. Steve cares significantly more, so he's probably more with Carl on that. But Carl's got to. It's funny because they do say that in the show, doesn't he? Ricky says it at the start. There were people listening. I can't believe that. Yeah. Oh God, that argument right at the start. You do have to remember that this was going out live. Yeah. Like, th- th- that is not radio. That is not something you say on radio. But I know it doesn't seem like it, like from what there's actually, if you read a transcript of it, it wouldn't seem like it. But I considered the atmosphere at the beginning to be quite friendly, like not, oh, not I do a, too, just, but... just, a, just a kind of funny, we're going to antagonise, but we're going to make it funny and we're going to kind of, you know, nothing nasty. But it just Can you imagine listening to it for the first send, time? Yeah, if you didn't good. know anything. No, if you didn't know anything, it would seem a bit. You'd seem like, what is this? What this? Because it's such an odd setup, like they have with Carl. Such an odd yeah. relationship that isn't 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 mirrored in any other shows. So you'd, it would seem weird. Whatever. If you were just transported into one of the shows back in the day, and you just happened to flick onto XFM, it's whatever show it is, it's gonna sound really weird because there's no show like it you'll have ever mm-hmm. heard. Yeah, I and it, I I think. Ricky descends even more, as I say, when Carl picks. It's it's already getting bad, but when Carl picks the song, the the next song that's going to mm-hmm. come on, and uh, Ricky really doesn't like that. But and then Ricky's like, oh, "Where have you been?" Like where, when they're talking about where you've been, like, and Carl's just saying, and it's just earnestly like, "Stop shouting!" Mm-hmm. You know, he's not saying it's like stop. Hor- it's horrible when someone's shouting. Yeah, on radio as well. Can you imagine? It got so loud as well, those headphones. Um, Well, with that in mind, shall we play an episode of Which Wish You Were Here with Gary Forrestal? Oh, God. I've never been anywhere, mate. (laughs) This is the problem. So, London. You've been to London. First thoughts on London in a sentence. Uh, Been to London. um, Like like the old mix of old and mix of new stuff. Yeah. That's my sentence. New York? New York, have you been there? Never been. Never been. Do you like Want to, go? to go? I'd like to go to Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, New York, and, and then California as well. 
um yeah. i i wanted to live in new york for a, a second i really wanted that sort of did you get chatted up because of your accent by that woman no that's, this is the problem though when you go to america you do find yourself doing the whole um l- laying on thick the englishness because you're just yeah but didn't quite... that woman she loved it like you said you told me like, you're from london i was like yes london england good <laughs> day good morrow young lady it's quite pathetic really but they're so friendly and in America, in New York, when I was just on the subway or the trains, and people just they do that thing when they do hear you and they do sign of lean in and join the chat. It's very unusual. Like, it's like when you hear um, some Americans on the tube. I love that because I like the fact that it's just I don't know. It's just it's it's nice. It's like oh, well, we're being visited. Oh, know? the first time the first time like an American person came to Ipswich, everyone was like, what? Like for honestly and. and <laughs> It's funny they mentioned Big Brother. Do you remember that series of Big Brother, the second series with Brian yeah, and yeah, Josh? Dude. That was probably the first gay person a lot of people in Ipswich ever saw. God, you've, yeah, that's a di- digression and a half. It's, how do we get onto that? I don't know, but it's probably it's true. People are like, oh, two gay people together. Do you think Do you think something will happen? It's, not, didn't get it's on, not like they it's didn't. about they're endangered species. No, There's no, loads they're, of not, they're not the white rhino. <laughs> So everyone's like oh two gay people together they must they must fornicate they must must do something well, together don't they i don't know no, true, we, but... we we were a bit more i i was well i didn't well i'd seen gay yeah watford isn't isn't the most progressive but it's not not too bad that's why i moved to brighton as soon as i could mate i was you know, you know what I mean? love it love them yeah sorry is this wish you were here with mars or wish you were sorry here yeah carry on um paris never been why have you been to Paris? Is, I love Paris. I've been to France but on a day trip. Where did you go to France? An aquarium. A day? <laughs> what a day? In, in uh, Calais. Or near oh, Calais. R- right by the port. <laughs> so on no, the way actually, back. it wasn't. We didn't. We actually we went through the tunnel. Now I'm thinking about it. So it's somewhere That's right in the north. An aquarium, even though there's strictly so that is underwater. It is no. But we went to natural aquarium. It was it was one of the worst trips I've ever been on. Just stressful. I just didn't like it. I hated it. Travel though, are you? Anyway? Had a crap. No, I love to tell you the place. You might be getting to it, but Berlin's my favourite city. Yeah, you like Berlin. And when I went to Paris, I I thought Paris was beautiful. I love it so much. And I like that. I'm watching Call My Agent at the moment on Netflix. So in this stage where we're kind of all tucked up in our little houses because i'm still a little bit wary of the outside world but it's so nice to have a bit of a chic in your life and call my agent kind of fulfills all those categories for me it's very cool and stylish but i remember i saw a bloke get his knob out uh just on the corner in paris just knob out just knob out it's literally it's not bad. It's like, you know, when uh, Carl says, opens her legs, there's you know, yeah. no knickers on. That sounds like, yeah, I, I... I love that. And also there was a, I looked over the river of one of the bridges and there was just a dead dog, stone cold dead dog, just right. floating down the river. And I was like, oh. In Paris? Yeah. It's Spain. just a bit scary. A bit, it's Spain, not nice yeah. to see. Uh, that's a bit um, weird. I mean, you should get some shit floating in the Thames you know it's not it's not I mean, a dead dog though is it Greece we've been to Greece I've been to Cyprus that's as close it's as Greece, Greece. It? It's, it's Greek owned oh Greek owned and did you like Cyprus or yeah I went to the Greek bit not the Turkish bit because there is a Turkish aquarium. 
<laughs> I went to aquarium, yeah. No, I uh, we just uh, what do we? Oh, the hotel really smelled because they were doing some some works on them behind them, you know. So it wasn't the most pleasant oh, place. But wow. I'll tell you, that is where I went. And I know you just won't mean anything to this little bit, but actually, Paul Scholes and Ryan Giggs did it because there's a little sign saying Paul Scholes and Ryan Giggs did this here. I went um, uh, parasailing. sailing. Did you? Uh, we go out on the back of a boat. We all yeah, did yeah, it, yeah. On the boat. and you 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 sort of sailing, of, and I was terrified. And the worst oh. bit about it was, the bit where I didn't like is that they gently lower you down. Obviously, they lower you down into water. They can't lower you yeah. down to the boat. Then you swim. But I hadn't been in the sea, and basically the toilet paper, just to direct, oh, the wow. toilet paper in Cyprus was like sandpaper, right? So as soon as I hit the <laughs> sea. I got so much pain around my anus. <laughs> I don't want to say sorry, sorry, <laughs> listeners, but I got so much pain, and I, I, I was, I didn't like the experience. I was scared. I was scared being up in the air. You know, I don't like danger. Fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 we're not scared of parasailing. Turkey. Have you been to Turkey? Well, no, as I but Cyprus is Little, sort of uh, Scotland. You like Scotland? Yeah, I love Scotland. Love Inverness. Bristol. Yeah, I've been to Bristol. I like Bristol. If I didn't, I'd like to live there for a bit. If I didn't uh, live in Brighton, I'd probably live in Bristol. Yeah, good. And Bath. Yeah, I've been to Bath. Have you been to Sally Lund's bun shop? I think that was the most memorable thing about it. It was really cold. It was in January when I went. Right. Don't go in January. It's bloody freezing. And go uh, to a spa instead, outside smoking, got, well, having an argument. That's <laughs> what we did. <laughs> and, uh, and we've come full circle because we're back in Brighton. What you want me to give a thing on Brighton? Yeah, give on Brighton, but uh, it's nice. I, I think Brighton's a lovely uh, multicultural, progressive hub of this country. I would agree with that, and that's why I lived there for a bit. Really, that was uh, wish you were there with Miles, the, the whole section. But well, I don't, I don't mind because I've been to, going I've been to any of the places. <laughs> you, could have, you could have picked, you could have picked Tenerife, Hull, oh shit, oh Hull. How did you get to there? Yeah, so I think um, what we'll do is uh, have a little break and then we'll go. So that was our general discussion about the show. Do let us know your thoughts on the show as well. And then we'll have some favourite quotes when we come back. Sounds great. I'll see you there. break like we did we yeah. relieved ourselves uh not sexually but um just you know um bladder wise uh and uh yeah so hope you enjoyed the discussion we've just had let us know your thoughts on it now we're going to come to favorite quotes and actually again this is another it's important, important to emphasize this point whatever i think about the show overall even if it's a bad one or there's there's real issues with it there's always lots of favorite quotes there and again there's lots quotes. here and okay. uh, so i've got so do you want to start miles yeah, I'm going to say we blitzed through these because I've got a lot of them. Yeah, I've got quite a few. And well. I literally can't. I don't want to cut them either. OK, here we go. What's the tax on that? Fiverr in, is it? That's my second one. Just well done. That. Yeah. Uh, I just like this because of the way he says it. You'll hear a laugh more from them. Yeah, I've got a laugh more from them. Is that when you went home and stayed with your mum and dad? Yeah, that was my fourth <laughs> one. <laughs> you were coming. I should have gone first. Yeah. Nurse back to health. Nurse back to health. 
maybe uh, calling Christian Show Monday tell us how restless Diesel were. It's so funny. He's like so it's genuinely saying, like, I'll call in another DJ show. I, yeah. I'm not interested, but... Pop them off. Put them on the radio. Oh, That's a little juve. That'll be okay. the best thing to do. Well, you I, I had... it, don't you? You just want to say it. I just, I'm going to say it again because okay, I, I, I've got it quite. I, I knew you were going to do that. I, I did a bit longer. All right, stay in bed, stay in bed. You still got them on? Yeah, we'll pop them off, put them on the radio to put a bit of a little duvet. That'll be the best thing to do. And One that's... of our most commonly quoted <laughs> to each other. But, but you can add the to do at the end of every sentence. I just open it up. Well, pop it. Yeah, you still got uh... them on? Yeah, yeah, well, pop them off, put them on the radio to go to bed with a little duvet. This will be the best thing to do. I'd put that as the um, show's title, but it's far too long. My next one is, and plug and that. Plug! Plug and that, yeah, I was going to put that. Did you know, Plug is a character from the, yeah, the yeah, Backstreet yeah. Kids combo. I didn't know that, because I always thought he meant Pluto, or because it's got the P at the start, Pluto or Goofy, because um, Plug does look a bit like Goofy, doesn't he? It's just show. It's so funny because it's just it's such a Carl reference. It's such an old thing to yeah yeah. Oh Manchester, it's probably a Manchester yeah. thing. I just because of the way. <laughs> I'd rather she smoke. She's got a spider's web on her face now for the rest of her life. It's got that little um redding twang at the end, doesn't he as well? Life. Rest of her life, yeah. And I didn't know it was a juicy pear. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That, sorry, we didn't even discuss that. I mean. How fucking annoying is that? Like, because actually, and Carl, Carl comes back. That's about that's about two thirds of the way through the show. So Carl's presenting the last third of the show with pear juice <laughs> running down his head. That's disgusting. You know, it's horrible to get fruit and think like. I'll tell you like, what, though, he's lucky. He's lucky that pear was a juicy pear because they're always hard bastards. They are. I they love are a juicy pear, but I, I hate a hard pear. M and S do these really nice some. Um, Oh, it's such soft. Um, they're very fragrant. Oh, they're such nice pears. Not your standard your conference pear, but they're boasting. Well, should we more pear to that psychopath <laughs> test again? Danielle Bedinfield. Oh, that was Dan- D- Danielle Bedinfield. Mom, this cottage stinks of fish. Okay, I just like ones when he puts a voice on. Not not a good not a good quote, but a very um perceptive uh observation. It's London flooded on Venice. Yeah, yeah it's it's very London good. flooded. It is London flooded. You weren't impressed. I thought if it's got to that it's not impressing, yeah? <laughs> yes. What's BS? I could think of something. Yeah, that's good. That is good. Yeah, it wasn't that I'm doing this verbatim, so I don't yeah, it wasn't that it wasn't that it wasn't that easy. No, there's there's not one tall, skinny, white one, big ears, and so is a baby. The other one's a little short Chinese bloke. <laughs> I, even though I don't like you know, he's actually it's kind of I'd like that. Oh, what's that because they're talking about um having a street um, and that goes to King Solomon, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm not I tell you what though that story is not really I interesting. I'm a bit thick anyway. I'm pretty sure I would be with Carl and not know. Yeah, the- no, of course, that's the point. Like, that's the thing. That's a good comparison to make because Ricky, as always, gives Carl these little tests. Like, and that one is a King Solomon one. It's from a fable. It's like, it's well known, but I'd expect if you didn't know it, I mean, it's a ridiculous, like, answers to give. It's very hard to give. Carl could easily, it's like Carl turn around and say to, 
what a stupid test, that's stupid, it doesn't make sense. It does, but no, that never happens. But as soon as Carl gives something that's a psychological test, there's actually a genuine kind of test that's been used, a question that's been used, he, he can't stand it. Whereas Ricky gives all of these mm. things to Carl all the time to, to assert his dominance. I know it's for humour as well, and it does he does extract humour out of it really well, Ricky, when he's doing it. But it's also to assert his dominance. And the reason I think it's to assert his dominance is because as soon as it's the other way around, you can see he crumbles. He can't, he has to put it down because That's it's ego, hard. It's hard it? that Ricky just... Gervais doesn't know something that Carl knows in the air of psychology, you know. I got, do you know what? That world is so far removed from me. I just don't care if I don't know something. It doesn't bother me. It can be yeah. quite great. It can be quite frustrating that in my job, if I don't know how a particular program works or you, you can't answer a question if you know yeah. your question and but you will just learn that in time and you can't be frustrated for not knowing because you can't know everything it's just no i don't it's not mate. yeah you, ricky should have yeah ricky should just allow carl that one but he can't <clears> allow him once. and it, it's it's very uh pertinent to compare it with during this show and multiple other shows where ricky gives those sort of little tests and things to, yeah if ricky had known that test and heard about it he, he would, would be have okay used that on yeah. carl. no he would have used that on carl he would have done like he he definitely would have said that to carl at one point like i'll oh, give him that psych, psychopath mm. test and it'd been an interesting thing but just it's not that he doesn't think it's he thinks it's a stupid little thing it's just he doesn't under he's like he's being the one kind of being told something not even in an aggressive way carl's doing it in a very friendly way but he he's being told something by carl that's genuine he can't handle it anyway let's get back to favorite quotes yeah yeah, yeah. um she sat in the corner there with no legs open no knickers on all right and then <laughs> i've got a follow, right a follow, uh, yeah i've got a follow-up one which is did that put you off your cheeseburger yeah because like, it does cheeseburger yeah oh well i don't want to do it um quite right like that's that's a that's a that's a that's an emotional one no, no, but you know, it's a real one. Like, it's actual. Like, yeah, I wouldn't bloody want to do it. Uh, I went there, bin bags everywhere. Well, uh, something else they're good at is like weighing up the situation. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Uh, I know, as soon as you said "well," I knew. <laughs> I love saying them. They say, "Well, something else is good at right is weighing up the situation." That is yeah. such funny. That's my last one. This, this, I tell you what, this is probably more and more I think about. It, I actually think this could probably be one of my top quotes of all time, and it's uh so the people in charge of somewhere somewhere <laughs> and uh okay just to wrap that little segment up rubbish once again lazy rubbish uncorroborated nonsense the stupid test you got wrong rick that sounds rick, like that sounds like rick. but something that isn't lazy rubbish uncorroborated nonsense is your feedback for our next feature which is xfm in the oh sorry we like laying out to me people say oh they've got such good chemistry and like, it's all bullshit like we had he, he teed that out for me and i was just sitting there i didn't even know he was doing it we Did don't finish each other's sentences <laughs> X, yes it's xfm in the community um, one of my favorite features out of the two or three we have this is from alex shaw Hi guys, I'm sending this email fresh from listening to the Luke Campbell episode. Oh. It was a great interview, and despite not being connected with the XFM shows, it was really interesting to hear another angle to Carl. Obviously, the antagonism is a huge part of what makes the XFM shows so funny, but it was actually quite sad to hear how Carl got so anxious and stressed simply talking mm. to Ricky. So he made him like induce a panic attack, didn't he? He was talking about how he makes Carl's yeah. hands shake. Yeah, shake, yeah. 
and do definitely check out that interview because something is it's, it's a great really talking yeah. just to say that the interview was really well conducted and i do thank feel you. your past is improving all the time and you've done a great <laughs> thank you with, nice. you've done a great show with a very niche topic albeit apparently less niche than i originally thought a minor criticism since i know you love it so much is that i have to listen to the pod on 1.2 times speed as i find it too slow otherwise happy to accept yeah. Probably in the minority, though, is I thought that's so we funny. Talk slow, can fast. Yeah, I don't know. We, do, I mean, I can talk quite slow. You talk fast. Yeah, okay. one one point two. That's oh. I know. We, we must sound higher as well because you go the quicker you go. Have the you ever higher. listened to um shows like on really really slow volume on on slow speed? It's just yeah yeah, like, and they go the. Like, I want to do that with our show now. Li- yeah, have, listen. Oh, that's the best best listen on our show is on 0.4. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you tune it to 0.4 or just enjoy just, yourself uh thank you alex thank, yeah, you. thank you very much alex for that i appreciate it uh this next one's from steve weller who was detroutie emails in us most weeks and always a pleasure to hear Thanks, from steve. steve yeah brilliant show as always fellas really enjoyed the episode you covered one of my favorite bits is the chat about ricky's birthday i think they should have recorded a monkey news jingle with the electronic bongos i was really chuffed to hear my email read out and dawn was quite impressed by her name being mentioned too and she <laughs> she still doesn't get the appeal of two fellas uh, discussing the tim pop radio show but your loyal listeners enjoy it i really enjoy xfm in the community and that last episode was brilliant also i didn't mention this last time but steve's yeah steve's partner is obviously called dawn it was the office dawn yeah it's not it's not, it's not lucy <laughs> oh. Just uh, no, that's a, that's a nice little. We should change the name of this show to the Dawn Show. So it's like every week it's a like new becomes dawn. the Dawn. A yeah. new dawn. Oh, that's the best. That's the cleverest thing you've ever come up with on Thanks the spot. Yeah. under under pressure but um yeah dawn 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 yeah we've mentioned her so steve continues it's so good hearing from other fans of rsk it makes it feel like a community of like-minded people and i really like the banter between you two little fellas too as always so nice to hear my email read out and discussed by you two and yes i know hatch end really well having little races in our crap cars up george the fifth avenue back in the 80s before speed cameras and drinking in pinner piner i worked there for about 10 years and had many good sessions in the George, the Victory, and the Whittington. Is this so? This is in relation to you mentioned. Yeah, I just mentioned that. Uh, I think he mentioned Harrow or somewhere. Yeah, Harrow. Yeah, ba- basically, Harrow's where I was born, and uh, I have links to Hatch End. I didn't actually. I don't know all the pubs around there. I've been drinking in Pinner with my dad, actually. Funnily enough, one of the very few times I've been with my dad, but. Yeah, I've been out in Pinard by the station and Hatch End. Uh, my grandpa lived there. So for many years, I used to visit Hatch End to get off at Hatch End train station and uh, go see him. It's, it's, it's a lovely little place. I mean, well, it just brings out memory. Just, do you know what I mean? When you see someone, mm-hmm. like your mm-hmm. nan, nan lived in Ipswich, but if you saw the name of a road come up or something, you'd think, oh, remember, you'd remember her or, or your granddad. You know, something oh, about where he's yeah. born in Poland or something, you know. But mm. my grandpa lived in Hatch End, so yeah. I don't know George Fifth Avenue, but I will tell you off, Steve, because you shouldn't drive more than 30 miles an hour in a 30-mile-an-hour zone. <laughs> no, but you know, um, no, that's funny. Thanks, Steve, one, for your email. Uh, talking of beers, if you do at some point arrange a social meetup, I'd love to 
uh, attend. I can't think of a better way than to spend a few hours than drinking pints and chatting about all things RSK, such as little Chinese, <laughs> little gay Chinese monkey fellas, and yeah. just discussing Carl's round head. I've been a massive Bowie fan since my teens. Oh, so we'd have something to talk about. You've got Harrow, I've got Bowie. Yeah. But always open to other types of music. Listening to the shows did introduce me to songs I didn't know, especially Joni Mitchell's River, Bob Dylan's If You See a Sailor, Willow, and the Lloyd Carl's uh, songs to keep up the good work lads thanks steve uh, thanks, i love steve. hearing his it sounds like such an interesting bloke steve yeah um, I, I like when when you say steve it's uh like kind of feels like an xfm community where you know views can be discussed about this crazy little show that hardly anyone knows about but the people who do absolutely love it that's exactly what we wanted to create when we started the show wasn't it you know just that sort of community community community. no but seriously we did want to start a community and so or or, you know a little one yeah that's nice uh that you feel that that way and in terms of a drink yes we do kind of plan you know we have tentative plans for some sort of get together at some point later in the year covid permitting isn't it it's just yeah because even even though everything's open up now it's not you can't like i just want to do something where we can at least invite like i don't know how many people would come let's say 10 <laughs> uh, we will arrange something steve and you'll be first on the list for an invite this next one's from andrew lowe you have a really interesting couple of xfm episodes uh, coming up so one of yes. them we, we're doing now I find them really uncomfortable listening because you can hear that Carl is struggling with his mental health, anxiety, depression, insomnia, and Gervais just turns into an obnoxious, insensitive bully. Even worse, in the episode after Carl goes to Hastings, Gervais is entirely unrepentant and pretty much gaslights Carl, framing it as some kind of breakdown and bad, in adverse commas, behaviour on his part. Fucking awful. And Merchant, of course, enables it all. Although you can see he's trying to rein it in between songs. It makes me think of the bit in The Guide to English where Gervais face flies off on an appalling homophobic rant about continental breakfasts yeah. so i can't actually remember that bit. i can't remember that but i just know that the guides to the by that stage all the those pockets they, they they were i've listened to them all and that i've got something out of each of them but in general they are not well, you know, so much so much in... swearing for uh, gratuitous yeah. swearing um i i had to point like where carl says i'd love it if i dropped down dead tonight you know they take the piss out of that and it's kind of i can understand why but actually in all seriousness in all whatever in whatever context someone says something like that you should always take that really seriously so i think when you say carl's really struggling with his mental health his depression his anxiety that's not an exaggeration people don't say i'd love it if i dropped down dead tonight and carl says it in a serious way he doesn't say it like in a in a jokey way i'm not saying he that means he's actively suicidal he's gonna but if someone says something like that, you should always take them seriously. I don't expect Ricky and Steve to start counselling during a live radio show. Do you know what I mean? That's quite a serious thing to say. Even if you, someone says it in a jokey way, you should take that seriously. And I do agree that that is, that is a sign that, yeah, Carl is struggling and he struggles throughout this show dealing with Ricky. I don't, I don't know how I feel about Carl's mental health, really. I've never really thought about it. I always thought he's just quite a stoic, kind of very patient person. Yeah, just... but, you know, saying, I'd love it if I dropped down dead tonight. That's not a normal thing. That's not even. That's not even within the realms of like. I know, but it's it's always that thing that people say, isn't it? No, but now people don't always say things like that. Like 
now we say we say that to each other we've said it but remember that's a phrase we know that phrase from the Ricky Gervais show from this episode Carl said it before it was known like as obviously it was a phrase that people have used but it we only know it as a light-hearted line because we think of it in the context of this episode I'm just saying if someone says that to you you should take that seriously I well I I think more so than that I think Andrew's right when he says about gaslighting Carl making it making him then feel bad because he had a breakdown which was a fair breakdown to have I'd fucking lose my shit as well this, someone was like this that. episode is the start of that breakdown that's what I mean and so how can you make someone feel bad about having a breakdown like, that's so unsympathetic fair enough like reset just reset and not go back to being nice or whatever yeah but go back to being normal don't make someone feel bad about that because that's just their friends is, that's another thing as well they are friends it would be interesting to just hear about their conversations outside of um uh, sorry outside of the show because you know i've got friends and i don't talk about deep stuff with all my friends right like you you and i we probably talk about deep stuff what i would class as interesting deep stuff i like those conversations myself i know a lot of people don't or they feel uncomfortable about it but you, then I've got friends, you know, who are just a bit more light-hearted. But it, I would I like to know if you know. We're very light-hearted. No, but I mean, but, of course, we've got that side to us as well. But what I'm saying is I wonder if Carl did actually sort of, in moments of vulnerability, ever sort of confide in Ricky and go, I'm really struggling with this or I need help with yeah, that. And how Ricky's reaction would be like, I just can't, I don't think that would happen. Oh, fair. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's just... He certainly does gaslight him in those episodes. And those episodes will be coming up in the following, you know, two or three weeks. So do stay tuned for them, um, particularly next week's, which will be the infamous, infamous, <laughs> be infamous a long, episode. It'll be a long episode. Which I like. I do like. But a lot of listeners have commented to us about that episode, you know, in the build up to it, saying they can't listen to it. And it's really, you know, so I, I totally get that point of view. But, yeah, it's um, more than I ever realised. Like, this show is... How we get from point A to point B to the end point of this show, that journey is the beginning of the journey that that's sets up the scene for the next episode. Mm-hmm. You know, by the how they are with by the end of this show you can totally see how it descended into uh, what it did next episode so that'll be interesting to hear anyway but yeah i do agree generally with your thoughts um good thoughts and uh yeah be be sure to stay tuned uh, in the next couple of weeks and two more we've got tom nevitt uh just a quick message to let you know how much i'm enjoying the show you have a Thanks. great time and i really enjoy listening to the shows whilst doing daily tasks <laughs> just like i've done with the xfm shows since my uni days in 2006 i used to listen to the shows via a tin pot homemade website which i've long since forgotten the name of it's amazing to learn that there is an entire community of people who still listen to these shows regularly and if you do ever find that uh, website tom do swing it over and so from one tom to another this is our last xfm in the community of today it's from tom shepherd hi guys i love your podcast i started listening listening last year during lockdown and it's great that others think so deeply about a shoddy show on a tin pot radio station with little station here are my thoughts ignoring the supposed intellectual gap carl and ricky connected so well you can see steve being pushed out a little did carl really just read the headline for his stories or did he just read the headline and act dumb i think and hope it is the former but carl is more clever than he gets more credit for it's the latter but do I know you what you mean. You, you'd hope it's the former, isn't it? You'd like it. We all, we all enter that world. What we need to do when we listen to the show is suspend our disbelief. Like when you're watching a film, you know it's not real, but you know you buy into that world for a bit. Of course, Carl doesn't think it's. There are certain things, and it, particularly in series one, 
a lot of things he said, you know, he does believe, you know, and the, the, the stories are tinged with truth. But when it once it gets to the ridiculous stuff on Monkey News and, all, all the, you know, he it, it doesn't believe it. But we we all enter the world. I enter the world, too, where he believes it. You know, you kind of just suspend your disbelief and you, you can enjoy it. But of course, Carl does. Carl sees the headline. And uh, if that's what your point was, Tom, I think that's what you meant, that Carl doesn't believe these stories that are ridiculous. But like he probably believed in the baby that had a baby, but not in the way that he describes it. He knows that's not true, but he probably, do you know what I mean? He believes he's far more, he's far closer to believing things that are real than he acts on the show. But I love the fact <laughs> he doesn't act like that on the show. I, I just, I just think it's funny. What you can't see, listeners, is Gary's got an enormous beard. And as he was making that last point, he came in so quickly. He was like, "It's the former," and and he's rubbing his beard like a fucking gander, like he's making an intellectual. That. And he's going, "It's the former." Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I just no, I, I know what I you mean, but it's just so cool. you're going. Yeah, the thing is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, I, I, was rub, I rub my beard anyway because it's very therapeutic. It's very, I'd, I'd advise you growing one. Anyone, anyone listening, Francis, Daisy, you know, grow a beard. No, but seriously, it's, it's, so I'm, I'm stroking it naturally, and I just thought, you know, yeah, it's probably the, it's, it's, it's the latter. I said it's the latter, not yeah. See how you make up with this one. Uh, this is a great question. What did Suzanne really think of Ricky and Steve? Says she mentioned him being wheeled off for comedy purposes, but then was encouraging Carl to learn from. Ricky and Steve. I'd like to think she she liked them both and got on well with Ricky, but like all protective partners, I, I bet she spoke her mind if she thought he was being exploited. Yeah, I think now Suzanne would have a very different view of Ricky than uh, than back then because I think back then she probably did did like Ricky quite a lot because one thing I do believe is that every time Ricky met Suzanne, she was he was very on his best behaviour. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you with your own mum, you you can get into <laughs> arguments. But when, as soon as you meet a partner's, uh, a friend's mum... I'm a bit scared of someone's you're, partner, you're, to be You're like... Or, or just a friend's mum. You're, like, so polite. It's like... Uh, it's Harry Enfield. But I think, I think that's definitely men and being intimidated by female partners. Definitely. No, I don't know. I, I think it's just, just Ricky, be, Ricky would be polite to Suzanne in a way that he would never be to Carl. And he would be on his best behaviour. He'd still, like, take the piss out of Carl, but in a very light-hearted way in front of Suzanne. Um, like, at the Christmases together and things. But, yeah, I wonder what she thought. She thinks of them now. Probably less so because she's, you know, seen Ricky change. But uh, I think... In general ricky was would would have been very very nice to suzanne and very polite to her she would have been delighted she got that new kitchen yeah, <laughs> she's got, she, well. she must have quite a big kitchen now because he's, yeah. he's a, a few kitchens. The podcasts are a massive downgrade in quality from the four XFM series. Agreed. Well, Although ours. still, <laughs> even ours. Well, that is true. The lack of planning showed, but made for more laughs than a funny Ricky and Steve. Carl gets criticised for moaning, holidays, and slacking, etc. But Carl in the film and songs of phrase were brilliant segments and showed real creativity and comedy mind. Anyway, keep up the good work. You have helped me and others through a tough time. Oh, thank you, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Such, Tom. Uh, such I nice really, things. really appreciate that. So, is that, and, and that means a lot to uh, both of us. I can speak from ours as well. Yeah, glad it's it's helped in some tiny way. I hope it continues to do so when when we're out of lockdown as well. And now, Gary, as always, I'm going to wrap this up because I'm bored of talking to you. Yeah, I'm things. bored of you saying I'm bored of you talking to you. <laughs> you so, but I thought before we go to the D Trout Spinners Library, oh, which is think, where. Did you think before we will go that we I didn't think it. why would I talk? <laughs> oh, for too much. Anyway, um. Yeah. 
What's that? Alpo. Uh, Alpo. Heru. Oh, Just takes the edge off. Very Moorish. Um, okay, so this is Detroit Swiss Library, where we put both put in a song each into our Spotify playlist. Uh, and the song can have some emotional significance, or it can just be something that Gary found on his iPod. Now, I've got a song. I've got a song. Do you, you now? You, you're going to need to tell me if I've put it in before. Because, oh, when, but it, this, this song, together. and you'll you'll know why straight. You'll know why straight away. This song does have an emotional attachment. Um, I want to put in, or you might put this in as well. Natalie and Brulier torn. That's a good yeah. song. Yeah, you know why I put that in. We yeah, used we that did. on our first thing we wrote together. <laughs> the first thing Gary and I uh, wrote and filmed in was a uh, Alan s- s- series of shorts about this man played by Gary, who was very yeah. socially anxious. It's the most stressful situations of my life for filming basically that. filmed a 15 minute short in two days but with very very little preparation and little le- limited resources uh but it was for a competition and it was very very funny we might post it one day we haven't done so yet but you yeah gary we, we wrote that the last scene had uh used natalie and brulia's torn and there's gary he's got to turn around and look at uh, an ironing board that's dressed for dinner don't ask yep. why Behind and, the camera, Miles is there. Yeah. Like two other people, they're just staring at me. Like it was so hot, I kept, I couldn't stop laughing. And Gary, for them, what makes it so funny is Gary doesn't really laugh or smile or show any emotion at all. That's but it. just seeing your little Cheshire cat smile appear just on the. <laughs> I can still see it now. Yeah, that is a classic. I was torn filming that. Yeah, as torn as whoever I wanted to do this or not. Anyway, what's your song? So my song's going to be. They talk at the start of this episode about it being the death of Barry White. I do remember the death of Barry White actually, and um, he was actually my first album that I ever bought. Bizarrely enough, really? yeah, the very best of Barry White because trying to mom... woo a, a younger woman. <laughs> I don't know how old I was, but um, no, I love Barry White. I just I, I there is something about that old school romantic that I do find some resonance with. I really like that. That's yeah, good. I wouldn't say he's one of my heroes or anything, but oh, yeah, he's not my hero. It's very good. I love his song, so I'm going to put my first, my last, my everything. Okay. Is that that kind of sums up the show, isn't it? I don't know why. My first, my last, my everything. Get get over it. Well, anyway, it's been fun today, isn't it? What have we learned? It's been long. It's been long. We've learned. I'm not going to summarise it, but we've 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 had quite um sort of different thoughts about this episode as to what we've had um in other episodes. So it'd be interesting to see what you guys think of it. Let us know. Spinners podcast at gmail.com and at spinners podcast yeah i did it right wow. and mars's instagram whatever uh, not, you can list that and no one two seven three yeah call my home phone and um yeah we'll see you next week thanks for listening <laughs>